What's shaking, everybody? You're listening to the first official patron-sponsored bonus episode for Improv Tabletop. Yeah. I am Ned Wilcock, your host and GM, and today I'm joined by... Caleb Anderton, ready to rumble. McKenna Steele, ready to fumble. And Christian Randall, ready to crumble. Well, <laughs> at least one of you is prepared for this adventure. <laughs> <laughs> So, everybody, we are very excited for this one shot we're going to be doing for you here. It's going to be kind of a little bit of a crossover-ish episode. You may have intuited from the fact that we have our three 10,000 Things players here that this is going to be an Avatar 10,000 Things story. However, we are going to be playing the exact same characters using the rules for Fate Accelerated. So this is going to kind of bridge the gap for us. Any of our listeners who listen to Fate but haven't listened to Avatar, maybe you're not familiar with the story, this will let you have a new story but with familiar mechanics and any of you who listen to our avatar episodes but haven't listened to our fate because maybe you don't know how the rules work this is going to be kind of a crash course in how fate works to help prime you for the other episodes so we are going to do a non-canonical beach episode yes (laughs) yes we are not canon we can do whatever we want Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yes, this is going to be 100% <laughs> improvised. I have prepared nothing. My players have prepared nothing. Aside from we have converted our characters' stats from Avatar Legends over to Fate Accelerated. So let's actually just run down through those real quick. We'll kind of explain how the rules work. And we'll start with Amar. Main thing you need to know about how you build characters is you've got something called aspects. An aspect is just a true statement about your character that kind of defines who they are, what their abilities might be. We like to keep them a little bit abstract so that we can use them in more versatile ways. These are abilities that you can use to your benefit at some point throughout the campaign. So each character has a high concept aspect. This is the thing that is like the elevator pitch of your character. Amar, what is your high concept aspect? My high concept aspect as Amar is the flame of passion. (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. Oh my god. So Amar's a very passionate guy. Fire is obviously his thing. That can be interpreted in quite a broad way, but I feel like that's a good elevator pitch for Amar. Indeed. Now, each character also has an aspect that is their trouble. This is something that I, at times, might be able to leverage against my player to make the story a bit more dramatic or interesting. Amar, what is your trouble? Amar's trouble is the empty cup. Uh, That lack of memory sometimes might get in his way, might trip him up. Yes, we've seen the fact that Amar has lost his memory, cause him some trouble at points in the main campaign, might cause him some trouble in this campaign as well. We shall see. Now, we have also given Amar an additional aspect. This is just another thing to kind of round out the character. In Fate, you can have up to five aspects, but we keep it kind of simple here just for the sake of the quickness of the improv. And the additional aspect we've given Amar is puppy love. Yeah, he's a sucker for, mostly for Zaya. Bit of a hopeless romantic over here. A little bit. And for puppies. For puppies. Now, we're also going to get into some approaches. We're not going to, like, go through every single approach, but it's kind of... Kind of similar to having skills in something like D&D, like there's a certain ability you have that you're a bit more proficient with. In Fate, it's all about how you approach something. Do you approach something carefully or cleverly or forcefully? There are six different approaches. We stat all those out, but we make sure to take special note of what the plus three approach is going to be. You get one approach at plus three. That's kind of your main shtick. So what is Amar's plus three approach? Flashy. He is a flashy guy. Surprising nobody. (laughs) (laughs) And then the last stat that we keep in mind for each of these characters is something called a stunt. This is essentially a special ability, something that is unique to your character, a resource that you can use once per session to make something cool and special happen. Sometimes it's a special ability that you have, or sometimes it's a piece of equipment. So, Amar, what is your stunt? Amar has retrofitted Fifi into uh, a bit of a jet ski for this beach episode, so my stunt is vroom vroom skifi. (laughs) Skifi. I love it. So, so wonderful. Getting some pretty big, like, Batmobile energy of like, yeah, it's a car, but also, did you know it's a jet ski? So those are Amar's Fate Accelerated stats. Let's go to Zaya next. Zaya, what is your high concept aspect? Mine is go with the flow, because she's pretty laid back for the most part, but also uh, she's a waterbender. Very chill waterbender. Yeah. 
what is your trouble? Uh, you know, she can never say no to a good old-fashioned mess around, a good old-fashioned prank. Mm -hmm. uh, and that doesn't always bode well for her in majority of the situations that she's in. <laughs> So that tends to get her into a lot of trouble. Indeed. Now, the additional aspect that we've chosen for you is I'm going to need a new poncho. <laughs> Very much. Uh, I think we mentioned when you ruined your poncho the first time, the kind of a similarity to Anakin in Attack of the Clones, where he ruins his lightsaber and he's like, not again. Yep. <laughs> yep. Exactly. Striving to be Anakin. Ooh, boy. The Not evil Anakin, though. Okay, I was going to say, this is a revelation to me. You're like, whoa, McKenna, hold on. <laughs> we need to talk before you continue on this podcast. But you know, at least this is a non-canonical episode, so you can be secretly evil if you want to this time around. Zaya's the BBEG at the end. <laughs> we'll see what happens. Uh, that actually might fit in pretty well with your plus three approach. That is true. It's sneaky. <laughs> you, can't, you can't pull a prank without a little sneaky. Yeah, you can't be the secret final boss if without a little bit of sneakiness. True. And what is Zaya's stunt? So I have a little white hamster named Marmar. Aww. And he's so cute. Um, so he can do little things for me, run some errands, bite people. Go for the eyes, that kind of stuff. Incapacitate with cuteness. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Distractions, you know. Right on. So that is Zaya's fate stats. And then finally we get around to Jetsoon. Absolutely. Good old Jetsoon of the library. Yes. What is your high concept aspect? By the book. <laughs> mm -hmm. Gotta follow them rules. Yeah, none of these high concept aspects, I believe, will be a surprise to any of our listeners, which means we've done a good job of, <laughs> you know, making these be the traits that our characters have. <laughs> now, what is Jetsun's trouble? Four eyes. I don't know whom of our listeners wear glasses and have ever gone to the beach, but tell you what, that's not great. Having to <laughs> wear glasses with sand and water everywhere, it's just not a great combo. Very true. Now we get around to your additional aspect. This is kind of an interesting one for Jetsoon. We've got fun in the sun. I'm old. I just need my beach day. I need to be mm -hmm. able to just sit on the sand, recharge my proverbial batteries, because I'll tell you what, being a knowledge seeker can be exhausting. It's a tough mm -hmm. job. Yeah. When do you think the last time Jetsun even took a vacation was? Canonically, when he went to Bossing Se to go to <laughs> Lake Laokai. <laughs> actually, that is <laughs> Which that wasn't is very actually true. very relaxing, so... <laughs> oh, boy. Yep. Uh, yep. Forgot about that. <laughs> now we're going to pivot straight off of that into your plus three approach. Clever. All them books be doing something good to my brain. Yes. And then our final thing for Jetsoon, what is your stunt? My glider, my special souped up glider can do some cool, neat tricks. Again, this being a non-canonical episode, we've got Fifi retrofitted as a Sea-Doo. So uh, who knows what Jetsoon has done with his glider? It's got turbo jets on the back. <laughs> <laughs> so these are the stats for our characters. Now, another thing that we do at the beginning of each of our fate campaigns is we do what's called an ideation. And this is a classic improv technique where we will tell some stories from our real lives and we use these stories to create kind of a pool of inspiration, ideas and themes that we can draw from throughout the rest of the story to kind of tie it and ground it in reality. So we're just going to go around, tell a real story about our real life and see how that affects the story moving forward. So I will start us off. We're just going to talk about, you know, what the idea of a beach day means to us. So I have been to the beach twice in my life. The first time was a family reunion in Oregon way back in the day. I do not remember almost any of it, except I did get <laughs> a little stuffed animal bird from the gift shop that made little chirping noises when I squozed it. That was pretty nice. <laughs> and I also remember we got clam chowder and it was sandy. So that wasn't a very exciting visit to the beach. More recently though, in the year of our Lord, 2018, 2019, it was one of those. <laughs> Me and a couple of my friends went to Olympic National Park in Washington State, and it was 
amazing. It was divine, phenomenal, just so many good things about that. We spent three of our days along the beach. I mean, people say they like long walks on the beach. We took it. We took a very long walk on the beach. <laughs> we found a lot of cool creatures, a lot of cool locales. The experience that is possibly most significant from that beach stay is, you know, when you're backpacking after a while, you kind of can get into the zone. You're just walking along, not really thinking about stuff. And so I'm kind of at the front at this point and my friends are sort of chatting behind me. And at one point I hear someone call out my name from behind me they're like hey ned and i'm like yeah they're like uh watch where you're walking and i look down and like two feet away from me to my right is a rotting seal that <gasps> i just had not seen how i don't know how i didn't see it but there i look down <laughs> and i just like jump two feet into the air and just uh, in the zone <laughs> Yeah, very much in the zone. Along with seals as well, we had another kind of fun seal moment. I brought with me a little instrument that's called a zaffoon. It's basically like a recorder that has a saxophone reed on it, and it's very portable, so I brought it along in my backpack, and I was kind of playing on the beach at night, and a little seal came kind of bobbing up in the waves and was kind of looking at us as it went past, and I thought to myself, that might be the only time this seal will ever hear music in its life. <laughs> <laughs> that is my most significant memory of the beach. And let's go over to Kayla. What you got for us? So I grew up on the West Coast of America. I grew up in Washington State. We would go to the Oregon coast, to the beach a lot. Love the Oregon coastline. But the story I want to share today comes from when I was in high school. If I remember correctly, it was like junior year. I was 17 years old. And my buddy and I... Andy Brunch. Shout out to Andy. Hope you're listening to this, dude. Hope you're doing good. <laughs> it's been a while. Uh, this is a fun story. He lived right on the water. His parents had a boat. One day, we took the small six-horsepower backup engine off of that boat, and we slapped it onto a rowboat. Oh, no. <laughs> and day one was us puttering around in the Puget Sound there with gasoline... The, the tube that fed the gasoline into the engine wouldn't fit all the way down into the gas tank we had. So we had been pouring the gas into like, you know, just crunchy water bottles, like the really thin plastic ones. And we stuck the tube in there and you could like see it slurping the gasoline down. And we would like, okay, ready, switch. And one person was just constantly managing the gas that was being burnt up. Next day we went out and we bought a real gas tank to fit the boat and got up super early the next day. Long story short, we had planned a day trip in this little boat. This definitely wasn't legal, I don't think. Um, <laughs> but we planned a trip from, let's see, Johnson's Point is where he was, way down there in, in the Puget Sound. And we went all the way up to Gig Harbor. So we went under the Tacoma Narrows Bridge. It was actually very scary. The currents get extremely strong there. We uh, came pretty dangerously close to being sucked down into the big old supports for the bridge that go way down. Under the Narrows Bridge is also where the largest Pacific octopus have ever been spotted. Mm. So we were also had that, you know, like the Kraken on our minds as we were Terrifying. rushing through there, evading the Coast Guard. <laughs> It was a great day, man. We just drove that little thing all the way up. We gassed up at, you know, a little marina before the Narrows Bridge. We went all the way up to Gig Harbor. We chilled out for a while. On our way back home, we saw dolphins in the water, but especially we stopped off on this little teeny little island called Eagle Island. Uh, there's nothing on it. It's just kind of a little itsy bitsy teeny little nature reserve island. And I kid you not, we just kind of parked the boat there in the water. And then we looked down and surrounding us, there were at least 30 seals oh, all wow. around us, down below, swimming underneath us, poking their heads up on the sides. And we just like chilled there for like an hour with this entire, what is it, a school of seals? A flock of seals? I don't know. A pod of seals, I want to say. A pod of seals. Pod. That's what it yeah. is for whales, right? I don't know, but I like the word a gaggle. A gaggle of seals. A gaggle of mm -hmm. seals. To the internet. It's called a herd, apparently. Okay. Oh. A herd of seals. A herd, a pod, or a rookery. A what? A rookery. A rookery of seals. And yeah, we chilled there with that rookery of seals, and it was a really good day. They were popping up to say hi. Didn't quite get close enough to touch one or anything, but uh, it was a pretty cool day. And then we made it back home to his place safely. We looked at the map and charted it out 
And by the end of that day, we had gone over 50 nautical miles. Ooh. It was a long trip. It was pretty cool. That was a good beach day. That's a great <laughs> beach day. Indeed. Well, that brings us to McKenna. What you got? Um, have I told the story of how I almost drowned in the ocean on this podcast yet? Doesn't ring a bell, and I I've think so. been in every episode of this podcast. <laughs> okay, cool. So, I am also from the West Coast. What? By West Coast, um, I mean Idaho. <laughs> <laughs> so, not the coast. I'm from the Northwest. And our closest beach, I'm putting quotation marks up, was the Oregon coast. I love the Oregon coast. Chris and I have dreamt of moving to the Oregon coast. It is beautiful. It's not warm, (laughs) but it's just like a picturesque little ocean town that's, I don't know, it's rocky and it's... It's just peaceful. (laughs) There's not a lot of people and it's nice. And they have yummy chocolate and all my clam chowder experiences have been great. (laughs) So (laughs) I've had plenty of family reunions there. Christian and I took our first trip as a couple there. I have many warm spots in my heart for the Oregon coast, except for one. I was like three, I think. I have very few memories of this. So majority of this is what has been told to me of what happened. My aunt and uncle, Randall and Noel, live in Portland. And so whenever we would go to the Oregon coast, we would meet up with them and usually go with them. So at this time, I was uh, an only child because I'm the oldest by like five and a half years, almost six. And so I was three or four at the time. So there's no one yet. We were like, okay, let's go to the Oregon coast. Let's go rent like a little house on the beach. It's going to be beautiful. My favorite game to play was, okay, let's play tag with the waves. The waves will pull back. I'll run over to the waves. And then as they start coming in, I'll run away. They're going to get me. So I would do that. I don't know why they decided to do this, (laughs) but my parents went inside and this is my understanding they stepped inside for a second and someone was watching me from the window because the house is like right on the beach so they were watching me from the window and I wasn't like in the water or anything I was just kind of like on the edge but the waves got me I was tagged and they started (laughs) pulling me in slowly just started pulling me out to the ocean and I'm three years old I don't know how to swim I was a strong undertow and my uncle Randall came like barreling out of the house like oh my gosh Like his shoes were getting pulled out because it was the tide was also getting higher and higher. I'm a child, so I don't understand that fact, you know. So his shoes ended up drifting off to sea, but he saved me. But like I have like a couple like glimpses of like seeing the house. And then I have like a very vivid memory of taking a shower afterwards and like being covered like head to toe in sand. But like I'm here and my uncle always is just like, Oh yeah, I saved your life. I don't think it was as crazy as I always make it sound like, but it's like <laughs> the reason that I grew up like terrified of the ocean for such a long time. Exciting. Which I feel is valid. Absolutely. Other than that, like I love going to the beach. I like sitting on the beach. I like the soft sand. The soft sand is the best sand. I'll end it on a good memory. We would have family reunions on at the Oregon coast every now and then. My grandpa Steele built a candy cannon and you would put candy in it and shoot it and it would send and it blasting into the air. That was always really fun, especially on the beach because you have all this space to run. And so he would just like blast this candy into the air. Thinking about it now, that's not great for the environment. But <laughs> when my grandfather passed away, my dad got the candy cannon. <laughs> Ooh. How often did you bite into a starburst that had some sand caught on it? Often. It was either you bit into a starburst that the wrapper had charred into it or (laughs) (laughs) there was just wrapped in sand. (laughs) So (laughs) exciting. But it was also like a lot of like hard candies and like double bubble gum and Tootsie Rolls. A lot of Tootsie Rolls. I am very happy that Candy Cannon is part of our ideation pool here. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) All right. And Christian, what about you? I have had very different experiences than the rest of you with beaches, it seems. I was unaware of this. I've been to the Oregon coast, California on their beaches. I've been to Florida, both Gulf side and 
Oceanside. Well, I've been to other beaches. <laughs> yeah, but most of my memories come from white, sandy, warm, beautiful beaches. Not, I mean, not that the rocky beaches aren't beautiful, but it's a different kind of beauty. It's a more stark beauty. The rugged coastline that puts hair on the soul of a man. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. That was poetry, Ned. I've got a hairy soul. That's what Bigfoot is. It's someone's soul that escaped. Oh my gosh. From the Oregon coast. Continue, Christian. Oh man, yeah. Most of my memories when I think of a beach day, I think of like down in Jamaica or in the Caribbean or being on a cruise ship. I'm very, very lucky that I have grandparents who have taken us on these cruises. One memory that jumps to mind when thinking about this, this was uh, another set of grandparents took me down to Florida once. Uh, We were Gulf side and it was, it wasn't exactly peak season. It was a little dreary and rainy and colder than usual, but it's still, it's the beach. It's Florida. It's still warm and beautiful to my little sun-starved mind. And on the beach, well, because originally I'm from Alaska and there's all these little holes in the beach clams all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff doing that i was down in florida and i saw these little holes and i thought oh clams so i went and i did the thing where you stick your hand in go pull it up and it wasn't a clam it was a little white thing about twice the size of a quarter and it kind of just like wiggled around in my hand and i washed it off in the water and looked at it and it was something called a sand flea and if hmm. uh, any of you are in front of a computer and can google what that looks like i'm not gonna do that i think they're cute i think they're adorable little isopod looking creatures okay time to look up a bug (laughs) okay that's not too bad yeah it's still a bug i actually don't know if it's a bug or a crustacean it's like a sea roly-poly is what it looks like i've always been familiar with these small sand fleas it looks like you came across what i'm seeing here as a giant sand flea oh well apparently that is correct yeah, because um, these ones were, I mean, one would fit in the palm of my hand comfortably, two would be a little crowded, and three might be too much. But I probably spent a good two or three hours building a massive sand castle and populating it with sand fleas. <laughs> I decorated it with shells that I found, and then I went to hunting, and I made a little sand flea king, and he ruled over his sand flea people with an iron fist, and it was a grand old time. And he still does this. I will not go to a beach and leave without making a sand castle or some sand sculpture. No, it's it's ridiculous to not. It is in my soul. I must do it. Well, this is why you want the beach episode so much. You're over here building civilizations while the rest of us are getting pulled out to sea and running into dead seals. <laughs> yeah, to me, the beach is a beautiful, magical place where only good things happen. This makes so much more sense. All right, well, we've got Jetsoon's idyllic beach compared to all of our rugged, hostile beaches. The ocean is going to kill you as soon as it can look at you. If you don't have a healthy fear of the ocean, there's something wrong with you. Oh, no, I don't. <laughs> go in the ocean. I only walk Uh enough to get like my ankles wet and enough to pick up the shells and then I go back out. It's the beach that I'm there for, not the water. Oh, I like the warm water. Well, everybody, we've got our ideation all figured out. So now we're going to get into the story itself. You just finished up your time in Boston say, and it was horrible. It was the worst. I mean, you were getting chased by the Dai Li all over the place. It's stressful as all get out. You didn't even catch Taya. It was just a bad time all around. So, of course, you're going to go to the Resort Village, which, as far as I'm aware, is like the official name of this place in the Avatar canon. doesn't have a name aside from that. But it's the place where, like, Iroh and Zuko go, and they're all getting massages, and there's cherry blossoms in the air and stuff. See, that sounds like an idyllic. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's where I want to go. That's where <laughs> so I go. you guys head on your way over there, and I believe it's not quite under Fire Nation occupation at this point. It's probably kind of a colonial sort of situation. Some Earth people, some Fire Nation people. You start getting close, and you see that there is a cart of a rich Fire Nation family that is actually kind of driving away from the resort, 
and you hear the youngest child being like, but I want to go to the resort. And the dad says, well, they've closed it for some insane reason, and kind of huffs off in a huff. I'm going to choose to ignore that. The beach is open to everyone all the time. Things will only be good. We are going to have a very good time after bossing say. And my eye twitches a little bit. <laughs> Jitsune is not going to be denied his vacation. Come on, we came this far. It's not like they can keep us away from the beach. I mean, I've gone to beaches, I'm sure, without permission before. <laughs> and you guys head up to kind of the entrance area. There's sort of this booth kind of national park style. You approach it and there is this guy who's sitting behind the book and he's currently reading a tabloid scroll and he looks up as you guys are approaching. He's like, hey, sorry, the resort's closed at the moment. Wait a second. Is that Amar Hukami? <laughs> Okay. Uh, yes, it is a Marugami. Dude, it's me, Sandy Lunch from when you were a kid. <laughs> Sandy Lunch. Oh my goodness, Sandy Lunch. It is so good to see you. I give him a big old bro hug. <laughs> Man. Okay, remember when I talked about probably visiting beaches illegally? I mean, this guy was probably there on every time, you know? <laughs> oh, I was there every time. Dude, dude, it's going to get even more rich and juicy. Candy Munch is here, too. You haven't seen Candy in a while, have you? Oh, my goodness. I have not seen her in a while. I mean, after the breakup, I'd imagine you wouldn't <gasps> want to see her. <laughs> Amar has no memory of any of these people. <laughs> <laughs> Amar ha hasn't even mentioned candy. <laughs> just because I'm holding a little bucket of popcorn all of a sudden, and I'm just like munching it, watching this back and forth. <laughs> and Sandy says, oh, dude, I didn't realize that it was that bad. I didn't realize that you were like trying to excise candy from your life in that kind of way. Yeah, I mean, it was pretty bad, man. I I'd prefer not to run into her, to be honest. Besides, I always thought that, I mean, you Sandy, she candy. I mean, I always thought you guys were meant to be, man. Oh, dude, no way. I'm not staring down the barrel of the candy can and she's crazy. <laughs> I mean, you're lucky that you got out of that relationship when you did because she's pretty volatile in many ways. Like, if she even sees your face around here, I wouldn't be surprised if she would go ballistic. By the way, she's working in the cafeteria. Oh, boy. Okay. Good thing we packed a lunch. <laughs> well, dude, uh, I mean, that lunch might not really do you much good because the resort's closed right now. You see, all of the turtle seals, they we're, we're just swamped. We're swamped with turtle seals. They're not staying in the ocean for some reason. They all just made a mass exodus from the water onto the beach, and they're taking up like every square inch of space that they possibly can. You try and sit down on a beautiful cushion of soft white sand, and next thing you know, you're getting lifted up into the air because you're sitting on a turtle seal. Wow. I mean, that sounds kind of cool. Zaya, you love turtle seals. I know that. I love them. They're, they're the cutest things I've ever seen in my entire life. So, Sandy, Sandy, come on, tell me, man. I mean, how closed is the beach, really? I mean, you could let us in, right, buddy? Okay, well, here's the thing. Candy's day job is working in the cafeteria, but after, like, all of the patrons are done for the day, she is a marine biologist, and she's, like, super hardcore into conservation, and turtle seals are actually a threatened species this far north from the South Pole, so that's why she shut down the entire beach. She's the one who did it. I should have known. Oh! Well, I mean, that is a really good point. I mean, I'm, fr I'm from the South Southern Water Tribe, actually. So I do have quite a bit of experience with turtle seals. So, I mean, if we could maybe get into the resort at like a free rate, we could definitely help you out and you know get these seals turtle seals back into the water because i've got i've got experience dealing with them roll to overcome with flashy to try and sway the heart of this man flashy flat zero then okay on a tie to overcome you succeed at a minor cost he leans in close and he's like okay I like the vibe that you're putting down. I think this could be a really mutually beneficial sort of situation. You get the turtles all taken care of. You know, you treat them with kindness in a way that's not going to ruin their sort of, you know, wildness. Just make sure you don't get spotted by Candy because if Candy sees you, she will go ballistic. Like, especially, and he leans in really close to you, Zai, and he sees like, if she sees another woman with Amar, she's going to target you so hard. Oh. Oh, I'll just, just okay, I'll I can look like a man. <laughs> <laughs>
Okay. <laughs> We're going Amanda Bynes up in this ish, aren't we? Yes. She's the man time. Okay. So, uh, Zaya, roll with Sneaky to dress up as a dude. <laughs> Zero. Ooh, boy. And mm. Sneaky's your best approach, isn't it? You can use a fate point. <gasps> I That's forgot right. about fate points. This has been way too I'm long. I'm so used to Avatar just having to take it. Yes. So for those of us who aren't familiar with fate... Every character gets to start with three fate points, and at some point during the game, if you're like, I don't like that role, you can look at your aspects, and in this instance, maybe Zai is going to be like, okay, but I need a good old-fashioned mess around. That is her trouble, so she can spend one of those fate points, invoke her trouble, be like, I'm going to prank this candy munch so hard, and subsequently either re-roll or add a plus two to the result. Should I re-roll? I feel like I should just add a plus two. So you have a natural plus three. You've rolled a negative three. The only thing worse you could roll would be a negative four. So re-rolling is probably in your best interest at this okay. point. Okay. Geek math. I'm gonna re-roll. <laughs> a plus four. Plus four. Much there better. we go. So what does Zaya look like now that she is masquerading as a dude? Zaya, for those that do not know what she looks like, she's average height for a woman. With being in the desert at uh, Wan Chi Tong's library, her skin has gotten a little bit tan, but she also doesn't tan super well because she is usually in the Southern Water Tribe, which is really cold. So she's got some sunburnt patches and quite a bit sunburnt on her face with some dark black hair with like a little white streak in it and a couple just little white spots. She is going to quaff her hair in the way that it looks like swoopy emo anime bangs. And uh, take the poncho and kind of turn it into a hoodie to be like, kind of like a, yeah, dude, don't worry about it, dude. And it's gonna pull like a, I don't know, is Amar or Sandy Lunch wearing like a little necklace or something that I could like steal and be like, yeah, bro. Sandy will let you borrow his puka shell necklace if you want it. Yeah, I want it. (laughs) Excuse me, sorry, can I borrow that? Oh, yeah, for sure. Okay, awesome, thank you. Hands it over. I'm gonna do that, and then I'm gonna like kinda pull my pants down to sag a little bit. I'm going for like, maybe maybe like 2009 Skater Boy. I'd like to help a little bit. Uh, Amar will pick up a piece of driftwood from the ground, kinda torch it a little bit with his fire bending, get a lot of soot going on on there, and then just like rub it on his hands and say, okay, come here, Zaya, stay still. And then just like <laughs> rub it on her face to do a little bit of a five o'clock shadow look on <gasps> yes. there. That's much better. All right, so you're all up in your new disguise and as you've been doing this you get back to where sandy is and he's talking with another woman she's kind of an older park ranger looking sort of woman he's like okay this is tandy hunch at least she's gonna lead you down to the beach and hopefully gonna keep you guys from getting seen by candy because i cannot stress this enough i've said it a few times already but i'm going to say it again because it is this important if candy munch sees you you might not make it out of this resort alive. This is like a life or death situation. Candy is insane. Candy is going to wreck your whole garbage if you even so far as step one out of line, okay? Yes. Can, can I see the sand now, please? Oh, yeah. Right down there, we got some of the best sand in the entire Earth Kingdom. It's one of the prides and joys of the resort village. Thanks, man. And I'm like... Start strutting away. I just (laughs) run as fast as my old little legs can carry me and like kick my sandals off and put my toes in the sand. And I'm like, it's not the same as desert sand. You know, it's it's better. You can tell the difference. (sighs) I'm trying to stay in character jet soon, so I'm not going to take my shoes off. The beach is not cool, okay? Your loss. And I'm going (laughs) to immediately just drop to my knees and start piling sand to make a little sand sculpture. (laughs) And so you start building your sand sculpture and it keeps just like tumbling down, just like crumbling. Like you'll turn away to grab more sand and you turn back and it'll just be kind of shaken down into a pile. And you're like, what the heck is going on? And then you see the entire patch of sand in front of you lifts up. And sure enough, there's a turtle seal right in front of you. No, my cannon destroyed my sand can. It was going to be a good pun. (laughs) I struggle back up because I am old and I look out over the beach. Is it truly a kingdom of seal turtles? Christian, in a similar way that you built a kingdom of little sand fleas, this entire beach is a kingdom of turtle seals right now. There must be a leader. (laughs) Okay, what would I actually know about 
turtle seals from being in the Southern Water Tribe. Roll to overcome with clever. May I also reach into my bottomless bag of books and see what I can find about these creatures? Yes, let's have you roll to overcome with clever as well. Or we could, in this instance, uh, since you're both working towards the same thing, we could just say whichever you has the highest clever can do the roll. Presumably that is Jetsun because you got plus three. Zaya, what is your clever? Plus two. So you can add plus one to Jetsun's roll. So Jetsun, roll plus four. All right. I'm just going to say my roll was better when I rolled for it. Oh, yeah, but I'm going to use my first fate point because that's not great. Um, (laughs) When you see three negatives on the dice, you just got to roll again. You got to roll again. mm -hmm. I'm going to use buy the book because that feels very appropriate. All right. That's a plus four. There you go. You dig into your satchel. You've brought some light reading with you because, you know, even though you're on vacation, the mind never sleeps. This is Mm -hmm. always an opportunity to just increase your knowledge. So you brought some marine biology books with you and you start reading about turtle seals. And it's like, okay, they are very gregarious, very friendly, but they also usually prefer to kind of stay in the water as much as possible. They're a bit more aquatic than terrestrial. You know, seals are always kind of somewhere in between. And the book is like, if they're not eager to be in the water, it's probably because there's something in the water that shouldn't be there. That makes a lot of sense. All right. Looks like we're going to have to do the water level. It's always the hardest one, (laughs) but we got to do it. The water level. You know, there's always like a water temple or something like that. <gasps> oh. You have to ration your breath. It's a whole thing. We don't have to ration our breath. It's okay. Come on. Oh, yes. A water bender. This will make everything so much easier. Amar's going to undo his jumpsuit and underneath, you know, with Amar's quaff of spiky hair and giant mustache going out to the side. Of course, he's got one of those old timey bathing suits, red and white <laughs> striped. Mm-hmm. Just looking very... This is the cutting edge of fashion, my friends. I can't believe you made fun of me earlier for it. <laughs> I don't understand kids these days. You just wait. Everybody will be wearing these in a few years' time. I pull off my robe, and underneath it I'm wearing another robe. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> a bathing robe. This is my swimming robe. Uh, I'm still, I'm still going to try and stay in character. So. Um, but it's okay, because I'm just going to bend the water around us. So I'm not going to get wet. So we're just walking down into the ocean in a bubble? Should we be worried? I feel like we should be worried about this. If they're scared, shouldn't we be scared? Let's see if there's another reason for you to be scared real quick. Amar, you being a very flashy person, I'm going to need you to roll to overcome with Sneaky as you are cutting quite a striking figure with your bathing suit. Absolutely. Sneaky, you say. Well, going off of Christian, I'm also going to use a uh, fate point because when you (laughs) see three negatives on the dice, that's you got to roll. We've rolled that so many times already. This is not going to go well. And we charged these dice. Yeah, I charged these dice. I am going to invoke my aspect puppy love. I want to make sure that uh, I'm taking care of my friends and especially of Zaya over here. So I'm going to be extra careful. That is a plus two. All right. I am going to roll for one of the NPCs real quick. Going to roll with Claire to see if they can notice you. And uh, I am also going to spend a fate point. I get one fate point for every player in the session. (laughs) Oh, man. Bringing the clever check of Candy Munch (gasps) to a plus four. Oh, no. So you guys are getting ready to go into the water, and you hear from the bungalow up above a door open and high-heeled footsteps walking out onto the boardwalk. (laughs) And you hear them pause, and a voice calls out, Amar, babe? Is that you? Oh, shoot. I will turn to my friends and say, you guys, I will be honest. I have no memory of this girl, and I do not want to. (laughs) I'm going to look at him, and I'm going to say, fly, you fool. Okay, guys, here we go. And I book it with my friends. I'm pulling them down into the water. Zaya, do the bubble. All right, so you guys go rushing in down there. Let's have you roll a group quick check to see if you can make it down there. So who has the highest quick approach? Mine's plus two. Mine is also plus two. Why would yours be plus two? Because I'm quick like the wind. Mine is also plus two. All right, so any one of you can make this roll and get a plus four in total from your friend's help. I think it would make sense for Caleb. Yeah, I got it. I was like, wait, who's Caleb? (laughs) (laughs) So I rolled a flat zero, so that's a plus four. All right, I'm going to roll quick for candy. 
she gets a plus four. No! She's right behind us. No, she doesn't. So that means it's a tie. And so on a tie, you're going to succeed at a minor cost. You start disappearing under the waves and she's rushing after you like, babe, babe, wait, babe, no, no, babe. As you are disappearing underneath the waves, she's like, ah, such disrespect. My boyfriend is going to beat you up. His name is Handy Punch and he's going to punch you with his hand. <laughs> okay, I don't like this speech. Why does everyone have the same name? I'm so confused. <laughs> I just wanted to feel the sand. I'm going to be watching for you to come out of that water, and as soon as you do, you're dead, Amar. Ooh, he's made some enemies in his life. Amar, it's okay. When it comes that time, I've got a really good plan. Just remind me, okay? Oh, okay. Sure. I trust you. Um, now that we are under the water, can I look around to see if there's, I don't know, a giant crazy monster that could eat us and all of the seals, turtles? Yeah, go ahead and roll to overcome with clever. Man, those dice are heavy. That's a plus one. So you're looking around and it starts to get darker the further underneath the water you get. And you're kind of walking through these kelp forests almost. You're looking around, looking around, and there's a swoosh of movement kind of off in the distance. Heads up, heads up. I saw a swoosh. I saw a swoosh over there. And I'm going to point it out to my friends. And then I'm going to pull an airbender move. There's air in here. I'm going to go whoosh crash my hands together and expand the air so the bubble just for a moment gets really big before it goes back to small just so if there's anything around us we can see it for a moment Mm. yeah so roll to overcome with forceful i'll say this is a pretty big just like you're shoving the water out of the way see and this is my plus zero because i'm a weak boy that's a flat zero. All right. On tie, you succeed at a minor cost. You shove the air outward, expand the bubble as much as you can. The air gets pretty thin for a moment as it's stretched out in the space of this water. And over in the direction where you saw that swoosh of movement coming from, you see for a moment suspended in the air as the Ooh. water disappears from around it, a large beast with a carapace, sort of a long tail leading down to a shelly flipper and coming out from all sides these fleshy sucker covered tentacles that end in claws and you see for a moment suspended in the air before the water comes back in to cover it up is a giant crabtopus no no Oh no, I know why they're not on the water. And then, whoosh, we go back to small bubble. Can I take us up to the top? Roll to overcome with quick, because the craptopus has caught your scent and it's coming for you. Oh boy. Plus two. Plus two, all right. I'm going to roll quick for the craptopus. And it gets a plus four. Oh no. no. So you start rushing your way up to the air. I'm going to roll a luck check to see who it grabs for. It grabs directly for you, Zaya. So as you are trying to rush up out there, you feel a tugging around your neck as the Crabtopus has grabbed that puka shell necklace that you're wearing (laughs) and is trying to pull you back down into the ocean. Uh, uh, Take it off. (laughs) I break it. Sorry, Sandy. All right. I think we're going to get into an exchange here. Yes. So the way that we handle combat order in Fate Accelerated, we use something called Balsera style or elective order initiative. Basically, we start with the person who makes the most narrative sense to go first, and then they get to choose who goes next until everybody has acted once. Then we go to the next round. So I'm going to say, Zaya, since you're the one who's currently being attacked by the Crabtopus, you can go first. I'd like to break the necklace, but break it like a puka shell in half in hopes that'll give me like a little bit of a sharp object Mm -hmm. and slash at the tentacle. All right. I'll say you can attack with clever for finding a bladed instrument here under the ocean. It's rare that you see all the same on the dice. Heck yeah. Plus six. Plus six. Oh, boy. I'm going to roll. The Crabtopus is going to try and defend with Forceful to just try and shrug off the blow. It gets a plus one. Um, Nice. So here's how damage works in Fate. 
when you attack somebody, they roll to defend, and you subtract the difference between the higher number and the lower number. So in this instance, Zaya has inflicted five shifts of balance, one shift for each number. So that would be five points of stress to the Crabtopus. I'm going to spend one fate point to invoke its <laughs> aspect hard shell to bring that up to a plus three against the plus six. So it's not quite as much damage, but it still takes three points of stress. And you hear this shrieking noise. The water vibrates around you as it conducts all of the vibration of the sound. It's just this massive kaiju-like roar <laughs> and the Crabtopus lets go of you in pain. I am going as soon as it lets go and I can kind of like it wasn't like super choking me with it but I mean I'm, I'm sure that wasn't comfortable I'm kind of trying to catch my breath a little bit with it I'm gonna look at Amar and just give him like a knowing nod of uh, yeah, get him. <laughs> All right, Amar, what would you like to do? All right, I am going to use my firebending and like an underwater welder, just shoot some concentrated bursts of flame at this thing, hoping that I can singe it even underwater. All right, go ahead and roll to attack with, oh, uh, we can make that flashy. Putting on this big sort of fireworks show under the water. That's a plus four. Plus four. The Crabtopus is going to try and defend with quick to dodge out of the way. Getting a plus six. Oh my goodness. As a fast beast. If you spend a fate point to get a tie, you could get yourself a boost potentially. That's right. Spending one fate point adds two. Okay, yeah. I'll spend a fate point. I will invoke my high concept aspect, Flame of Passion. Yeah, it's a passionate moment. I gotta save my friends, and I'll bring that up to a tie. Okay, so the Crabtopus dodges out of the way just at the last moment, but you kind of singe it just a little bit, and even in just this small pocket of air that you're in, you can smell the delightful smoky aroma of cooking octopus. You're going to get <laughs> one boost on it. A boost is a temporary aspect that you can evoke. You can use it only one time, and when you use it, you get a free plus two or re-roll on any roll of your choice. The boost we are going to give you is Caught the Scent. All right. I think that's my turn. I will singe it and then continue to try to get away with my friends. All right. Who would you like to go next? I am going to pass it over to Jet soon. He's the last one. I'm assuming we're all going to be out of the water, hopefully soon. Come on, one last shot. You can do it. Okay. I'm going to shoot up towards the surface, hopefully break it, and grab a whole bunch of air. <laughs> I'm going to take a real deep breath and, like, like the beautiful seal turtle, breach the surface and then dive back down. I'm going to take a really deep breath, go as deep as I can underneath the creature, and then do one big breath and do a bubble ring. And I'm trying to get it to wrap itself up in a ring and twist itself and shatter its shell. Interesting. Like a jellyfish? Yeah, you ever seen that, that when they do it with the jellyfish, you go underneath the jellyfish and you blow a circle and it like gets wrapped around the bubble? Huh. Okay, let's have you roll to attack with Clever then. I saw it in a video. <laughs> <laughs> I read it in a book. I read it in a, a scroll. All right, listen, folks, we only got three of these fate points. Let's not waste them. No, wait, strike that, reverse it. I'm going to use one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to use fun in the sun to say, <laughs> I just wanted my beach day. Mm -hmm. You're not taking this from me. And that is a plus three. Okay. The Crabtopus is going to try and defend with Clever to see if it can overcome your ruse. Getting a minus one. Nice. Yes. It starts, it like gets caught up in this bubble and the bubble's like, it's coming from all directions. Wait, what? It has no idea what to do. It starts getting carried up to the surface and that is going to be, you got a plus three, you said? Yep. That is four shifts of stress. This crabbed puss is not looking so hot right now. <sighs> All right, I didn't want to have to do this, but I will. I'm using my last fate point. Ooh. And I'm adding two more to it. What are you invoking? I'm invoking by the book because I read about it in a book. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. It's a technique that pelican whales use to hunt. Okay. <laughs> that brings it up. It's canon. To six shifts of stress. This thing gets caught up in the bubble and you blow with such force that it actually goes shooting up out of the ocean 
and onto the beach. And you can see there's like this path of clear space that leaves behind it where the water's kind of splashed out of the way, almost like Moses style. <laughs> and you see Candy and her new boyfriend are standing up there waiting for you guys to come out looking all angry. And they see coming out of nowhere, this giant crabtopus flailing towards them. They shriek and they try to run away, but they are not quite fast enough and they get caught underneath it as it slams into the beach. Sorry about your girlfriend, Amar. It's okay. Amar, that was my plan the whole time. Wow. <laughs> You're incredible. We're all just treading water in the middle of the ocean. <laughs> that was amazing, Jetsun. Can we go back to the shore now? I'm very tired. I imagine that like the charcoal that you rubbed on my face is like seeping down and like kind of like streaked mascara. It's like the matchmaker in Mulan. <laughs> yes, exactly. You all make it back to the beach. These two are struggling underneath the bulk of this slightly cooked crabtopus. And by this point, Sandy has stepped up next to it and he looks down. He's like, you guys, this is the best thing ever. Not only can we reopen the resort, but this is going to look so good on the menu. We are going to have such a dandy crunch off of this thing. <laughs> a dandy crunch. You don't dandy say. Dandy Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh, I hope Andy listens to this. Oh man. <laughs> I feel like I'm losing brain cells by the second. <laughs> I, I specifically pointed to Christian that you had put the name Andy Brunch on the ideation list <laughs> after Caleb said that. And I was like, LOL. That's funny. I didn't know it would aspire to this level. <laughs> <laughs> you guys watch as all of the turtle seals begin flocking back to the water now that their habitat is no longer threatened by this giant creature. And you see in front of you a clear open beach. No other patrons here because everybody else was turned away because it was closed. You have the entire resort to yourselves. I am going to, with unreasonable alacrity, <laughs> set up an umbrella, a chair, a little table. I'm just gonna have a whole little setup and then I'm gonna stumble over to Candy uh, and help her out from underneath one of the tentacles and say, I look forward uh, to eating your cooking. Uh, I, I enjoy calamari. Consider this a gift. And then I set the tentacle in her arms. Roll to overcome with Flashy. It's a plus one. She looks down at the tentacle, looks up at you with begrudging respect in her eyes because though you weren't supposed to be here, you did protect the threatened species of the turtle seals. And as a marine biologist, she has to give you some props for that. <laughs> and she gives you a begrudging nod and turns to Handy Punch and says, come on, babe. Let's get away from this scene. <laughs> cool. As that's happening, I'm going to take off my disguise. Oh, good. That's a relief. My hair comes down. It's just like, whoa, what a babe. And uh, <laughs> earlier you said teeny weeny about an island. And I've had itsy bitsy teeny weeny yellow polka dot bikini <laughs> stuck in my head. So that's what she's wearing. But that's because it's been stuck in my head. And I'm going to go swim. <laughs> but I'm going to specifically look at Candy pause, go up, and give Amara a little kiss on the cheek and jump oh, in the water. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> Invoking my own trouble. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, our heroes are having their beach vacation, their opportunity to rest and relax after all of the crazy stuff they've been going through, and the camera pans out. We see the shining waves crashing up onto the white sandy beaches as all three members of our islandy bunch have yes. a grand old time Shut yes. here at the resort village. The last thing you see is Amar vroom vrooming up on Skifi, reaches into the water, grabs Zaya, throws her on the back of it, and they go off into the sunset. <laughs> and that's game, everybody. <laughs> oh, man. That felt a little self-indulgent at times. Look, I mean, just a little. It is perfect because you can just do, you can do anything. Anything. Mm -hmm. Oh, man. What a, what a wild and crazy time. <laughs> yeah. It has been such a hot minute since we have played Fate. That was fun, guys. <laughs> yeah, so now 
If you uh, haven't listened to our fate episodes before, what you waiting for? You know how the rules work. It's Calvin Ball all over the place. <laughs> it really is. Pretty much. Well, everybody, we're so glad that you came to join us here for this special bonus one-shot. The first that has come to you by the grace of our wonderful patrons over on the Patreon page. Go Imps. So thank you all so much for listening to Improv Tabletop, and we'll be back next time with another crazy one-shot. Who knows what that's going to look like. If you want more, go ahead and subscribe. Maybe even give us a review. We would be as happy as Jet Soon is now that he's finally gotten his friggin' beach day if you go <laughs> ahead and give us a review on the podcatcher of your choice. Congratulations. We're also all over social media at Improv Tabletop, so if you'd like to suggest maybe a setting for us to play in in a future fake campaign or an aspect for one of our characters to use, you can comment on one of our posts or you can tweet about us using hashtag ImpTab setting or hashtag ImpTab aspect. And aside from that, you can just uh, reach out to us about any other darn little thing because we love talking to our fans and hearing from y'all, you delightful people out there. Let's do a round of plugs. As always, we've got our sister podcast, I Cast Fireball, which is a D&D 5e actual play going through the campaign Tyranny of Dragons. And uh, we recently had an awesome guest join us. Uh, I'm not entirely sure when this is going to be released in terms of when the iCast Fireballs episodes are being released, but uh, I'm just going to say it. It is Josh Lorimer from Sneak Attack, which is Ooh. the D&D podcast that me and Thomas from the cast learned how to play 5e D&D from. Heck yeah. And he what? is amazing. He's so great. Love the energy that he's bringing to the show. What? Go check those out. Some of my <laughs> favorite episodes that we've recorded for real. We also have a pretty big backlog of Fate Accelerated episodes. We've got 15 of those campaigns each one in a vastly different world with different tensions and different characters and stuff. Grand old time over there. And of course we have our Patreon page from which this whole thing is possible. You can get access to all of our other bonus content at the lowest tier possible. We're trying to make it as accessible as we can for you guys to get some more of this content and uh, we're pretty happy with how it's going. The other thing that I would like to plug is ponchos, and I don't mean like rain ponchos. Those are pretty great, too, because they keep you from getting all wet when you're out on that rocky Pacific Northwest coast with the spray going ah, in your face. And that Bigfoot sole. <laughs> yes. I'm instead talking about uh, the kind of ponchos that all of our knowledge seekers are wearing. The reason they wear ponchos is because I am obsessed with ponchos personally. Uh <laughs> It's a unique fashion statement. You don't see them a lot, but uh, you do get a lot of compliments, actually, when you wear them. I have found that to be a very much the case. So those are my plugs. Let's go over to Caleb. You got anything that you'd like to plug? Uh, guys, I hope that most of you bathe. And <laughs> when you guys bathe, I hope you use soap. My wife makes handmade soap. And it's good stuff. It is the best soap I've ever used, hands down. Um, it is book-themed soap. She makes them and sells them at bookloversoaps.com. So go check those out. Uh, they're super fun, super nerdy. She also makes like D&D dice soaps as well. It's a good time. So if you want to have happy skin, go check that out. It's pretty great. No joke. It's amazing. I love it. I'd use it even if my wife didn't make it. Can confirm. It is great. It's great. Right on. McKenna, anything that you'd like to plug? If you happen to be in Tennessee, I am in a production of Little Women right now, and that has been taking up some fun time. I'm also in the Nashville Shakespeare Festival, so if you happen <laughs> to go see Cymbeline, I will be in that production, and I think that our last performance is September 18th, um, and we switch between that and Gem of the Ocean, which, as of recording this, Christian and I are going to go see tomorrow, which I'm really excited for. We open for Little Women on September 30th through October 1st and 2nd, and then October 7th, 8th, and 9th. Um, in Columbia, Tennessee is where we'll be performing. That's where they filmed the Hannah Montana movie. <laughs> so look up Watershed Public Theater and check it out. So if you are feeling like a little woman, come check it out. I'm playing Meg March. The canonically hot one. <laughs> um, so yeah, I am really excited. And I just got done with rehearsals today and it's just been so fun. And I want people to come see 
see it. And I am not a soprano, but I'm surprising myself. Anyways, that's all. A little ego plug, I guess. <laughs> Indeed. Go support my friends being actual professional actors while I'm over here working on this janky podcast. <laughs> hey, still professional. This is a work of art. Christian, what professional things do you have to plug today? I have one thing to plug, and one thing only. Backgammon. Y'all ever play Backgammon? Shut up, are you serious right now? It's an amazing <laughs> game. I have played Backgammon since I was very young. My dad uh, taught me how to play. I didn't play much chess growing up. Backgammon was the game of choice. I was lucky enough to go to Armenia for a while. Very big game over there, and I bought myself a really nice backgammon board. If you haven't played it, it's very simple to learn. I highly recommend it. You can get the rules online for free. And a lot of the times, if you buy a chess board or, you know, checkerboard, you flip it over, pretty often there's a, there's a backgammon board on the back. It's pretty accessible, easy to get into. If push comes to shove, you can get some pieces of paper and some rocks and play it. It's a very <laughs> simple game. And it's actually pretty fun. Yeah, you know, learn it quickly. It takes a long time to master, very strategic. But yeah, backgammon, highly recommend it. Right on. Well, everybody, thanks so much for joining us here in this uh, non-canonical world of Avatar Legends. I'm Ned Wilcock, your host and GM, and I've been joined by... Caleb Anderton, playing Amaru Kami. McKenna Steele, playing Zaya. And Christian Randall, playing Jetsoon on the Beach. <laughs> Much love and stuff, everybody. We'll catch you next time on Improv Tabletop. There we go. There we go. There we go. Oh, we weren't recording. <laughs> Ned didn't think that was funny. <laughs> Ned did not think that was funny at all. <laughs>